you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. DJ Bucky here. And, Buck, this is a a huge show we have today. But for those that are just checking us out for the first time, tell them how many times they can catch us on Move the Sticks. Oh, they can catch us three times. We have the Takeaway Show on Sundays, then Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have a mix of the audio pod. Thursday, we also have the video pod, which you're catching us on today. Yeah, a lot of content here at Move the Sticks. NFL.com slash MTS video or NFL now if you want to check the video show if you're listening to the audio version right now. Uh, Tell them what's coming up on today's episode. Well, we reached the halfway point, so when you're at the halfway point, you need to give out some awards. So we got mid-season awards. We'll talk about the game of the week, break down the Chiefs versus the Cowboys, and we'll begin to start talking about the 2018 NFL Draft. Have a little preview. Yeah, no question. Speaking of 2018 NFL Draft, maybe someone that could enter that draft is going to be our special guest today, Alabama wide receiver Calvin Ridley, one of the best wide receivers in the country. He is this week's feature on NFL.com. You can read the story, nfl.com slash Calvin Ridley. Going to get a chance to visit with him in just a little bit. Looking forward to that. Uh, But before we get there, big trade, big trade deadline this year. It's almost like Major League Baseball, a lot of action. One trade we did not have a chance to get to on the previous episode because it happened so late. Kelvin Benjamin, and kind of a surprising move, goes from Carolina to the Buffalo Bills for a 2018 third and seventh round pick. Yeah, big big shocker. I think it's a shocker on both ends. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills had a need for a number one receiver. When I look at the stats, the running backs have combined for more receptions than the wide receivers. They don't have a true number one on their roster. They're trying to get by with Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews and some other guys. They needed someone that could command a double team. And Kelvin Benjamin, they get a big body playmaker, a guy that excels down in the red zone. Even though he's not necessarily a blazer, he has been a very, very viable deep ball threat. And so if you're the Buffalo Bills and you're trying to really expand what you do offensively, adding a big body that is familiar with the coaching staff 
and Sean McDermott and also the front office is something that you have to make a move to acquire. Yeah, they know exactly what they're getting when you look at the coach and general manager and the familiarity they have with Kelvin Benjamin. I think down in the red zone he's going to be a big addition and a big help to Tyrod Taylor. All right, let's flip it over to the Panthers now and what they're going to do because this team started to play better. We've seen Kelvin Benjamin make some big plays, especially down in that red area. You take him out of this offense. First of all, why do you take him out of this offense? And second of all, where do they go from here? You know, I think this is a big move. This is a move where I wondered for the last year or so when they had Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, even when they had Greg Olson, they had big body. They had a basketball team on the outside, but they didn't have a burner. Listening to Marty Herney's press conference yesterday, he talked about this move was designed to get more speed on the field. Felt like they had two similarly uh, skilled players in Funches and Benjamin. They want to diversify the wide receiver core. Now, I want to go all the way back to when I worked under Marty Herney in Carolina. We went to the Super Bowl with Moosey Muhammad and Steve Smith on the outside. He wants to probably get back to that recipe where you have a big body playmaker that can do the dirty work, but someone has to fill in to be the speed receiver. Maybe they can get that from Curtis Samuel. Maybe it's Russell Shepard. They want to go and do a little different thing to open up some run lanes because when you got two big bodies that are slow and Benjamin and Funches, the safeties can crowd the box. Maybe they can get someone on the field, back one of those safeties up. Yeah, Ed Dixon has been kind of an increasing um big part of this offense. Absolutely. He's filling in for Greg, Greg Olson. Olson. being out, he's going to get more more action even now. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be the key to this thing, getting him on the field, getting some explosive plays out of him. I always come back to what our good buddy Coach Billick said. Right? want to have a basketball. Team. Absolutely. want to have guys different. You want to have a point guard, shooting guard, a power forward. And when you look at the Carolina Panthers, they were a basketball team. They were the Pelicans. Right? <laughs> a bunch Boogie of big, Cousins. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. That's, that's all I had, just a bunch of big dudes. So they and, kind of bounce out. A and let's bit. be honest. Cam had an MVP season when he didn't have Kelvin Benjamin. So maybe that is why the front office felt like he was expendable. They went to the Super Bowl with Ted Ginn Jr. and Philly Brown really occupying the main roles on the outside. Maybe they feel like Cam is actually better with less than more. Yeah, it'll be interesting to follow how this uh, Panther offense evolves through the second half of the season. Phil, are you ready to hand out some midseason awards? Oh, man, I love giving out awards. All right, let's let's uh, let's keep it rolling here now. We've got uh, – how about Coach of the Year? Who would you vote for Coach of the Year? I'm going to stay right here locally in L.A. I think the job that Sean McVay has done exceeds what anybody else in the league has done. When you look at what the Rams were a season ago and the conversation that's centered around their two stars, Jerry Goff and Todd Gurley, both of these guys were being – miscast, labeled bust because they hadn't been productive in that final season under Jeff Fisher. Sean McVay has come. He's ignited this offense. He's put these guys in positions to have success. And this team is playing better. 5-2, and two, leading the NFC West. Both of their young guys are terrific. And I would go on a limb and say that you could say that Ty Gurley might be in consideration as a dark horse MVP candidate for what he has done. He's been outstanding. This is a guy that we thought was going to tear up the league when he's at Georgia. Sean McVay has found a way to unleash him. I think he's the best play caller in the NFL. He's done an outstanding job, and they're the biggest surprise for me in the NFL this year, the turnaround for the Rams. But my coach of the year, for, for the reasons I'm going to give here, Mike Zimmer with the Minnesota Vikings. When you look at a team that's down their top two quarterbacks, Sam Bradford's hurt, obviously Teddy Bridgewater, we knew about the injury that he was dealing with. So you go to Case Keenum as your number three guy, and you're rolling with him. And let's not forget Dalvin Cook, who was off to an unbelievable start. A rookie year would have been a candidate for the rookie segment. Yep. He just did. Uh, he's out for the year with a torn ACL. So you're stud running back. You're on your third quarterback now. And they still find ways to win each and every week with a dominant defense. Case Keenan playing the best football of his career, being very efficient offensively. 
I think Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I think it's time he got some credit. He should get some credit. I think Mike Zimmer is a John Wooden disciple. He believes in no whining, no crying, no excuses. Like, no matter what happens to the Minnesota Vikings, who's up, who's down, what's happening at quarterback, this is a team that continues to get it done, and they don't really complain about who's available. And so, yes, he definitely has a case for being the coach of the year because the Minnesota Vikings are well positioned in the NFC North and they're doing it with a cast of characters at the quarterback spot. All right, let's jump to the next award here, Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year is a tough one because this is one where you can just go down the stat sheet and say, hey, this guy's playing well or whatever. But I'm going to go in terms of overall impact. What Micah Hyde has done for the Buffalo Bills deserves some recognition. This is a guy that leads the league in interceptions. He came over as a free agent, kind of an underrated free agent pickup from Green Bay. But what he has done he has given them a playmaker, a traffic cop, and a center fielder in the middle of that defense. His ability to play the deep third, to come down, to get interceptions off tips and overthrows, he is the perfect fit in this Leslie Frazier slash Sean McDermott defense, and he kind of fits the bill of what the Buffalo Bills are becoming, a blue-collar unit that just goes about their business in winning games. Yeah, he's a ball magnet. He's been outstanding for Buffalo, another really surprise football team this year, the Buffalo Bills. Micah Hyde's a big part of that. I'm going to go to the Dallas Cowboys, though. You talked about leading the interceptions. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence leads the NFL with ten and a half sacks. He's legitimately got a shot to make a run at the sack record this year, the way he's been playing. They can come in bunches. He beats you with effort. He beats you with technique. He beats you with speed, power. He can do everything. And now he's been suspended a little bit during his career. He's had some injuries. We're seeing him healthy and dominating football games for the Dallas Cowboys up front. He's going to run down 20 sacks or be in that neighborhood. He's my choice for the defensive player of the year at the midway mark. Oh, he's doing it at the right time. I think this is his contract year. Hey, time to get paid. Yeah. One way to get paid is to make sure you consistently take down the quarterback. He has done that. Both of these guys are underrated on the national scope, but both guys are playing very, very well. Demarcus Lawrence has been a critical part of this defense. As this defense is beginning to play better, it has been because he's been a dominant player off the edge. All right, let's get to the big award here, MVP. Woo, MVP. Now, I know this is not going to be a very popular opinion because for whatever reason, this guy is much maligned. But Alex Smith is mine. You've been on that. You've been on Alex Smith. You've been on that. I mean, he, wagon for he, a long 16 time. touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for from a quarterback. You put the ball in the paint and you don't give it away. That's how you win games. They are playing an offense that looks very, very similar to what he did at Utah. Option, RPOs, pushing it down the field. Alex Smith running a little bit. He is doing everything. And I know they're trying to run him out to build him in Kansas City. Got Mahomes. All Alex Smith does is win games. It's going to be hard for Pat Mahomes to get on the field if this guy continues to play at this pace. But but, but what what about that pick he threw the other day? Oh, no, no, that uh, that wasn't him. No, no, no. That was was Tyreek Hill. (laughs) We're trying to let somebody else put the ball in the paint. Tyreek Hill, every time I look at Alex Smith, that's what he does. I know. To me, this is a shot at your candidacy here when you have the the MVP of the league, and you take the ball out of his hands and put it in Tyreek Hill's hands. I'm just saying. It wouldn't do that to Carson Wentz. They would not do that to my choice. I hope they throw a halfback pass for a touchdown this week so I can talk about it on Sunday. Carson Wentz for the Philadelphia Eagles, best record in the NFL. Uh, Their lone loss actually coming to Alex Smith on the road and the Kansas City Chiefs in a really, really close football game. But Carson Wentz has been outstanding. You talk about elevating your play from your freshman to your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. They put some weapons around him, Buck, and he is utilizing him. He talked about somebody that's confident, somebody that's poised. The physicality that he has reminds me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger. I think maybe a more explosive version of Ben Roethlisberger, able to shrug off pressure, keep his eyes downfield, and make things happen. I would like him to slide a little bit more. He's taking some big shots. But right now, I think if you look at who's most valuable to their team, the Philadelphia Eagles, their team is run through number 11. 
absolutely just run through number 11. Now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say a, a comparison that I thought. I think he is Cam Newton at his best. Oh. Meaning Cam Newton, when Cam Newton's playing at an MVP level, that's kind of what Carson Wentz reminds me of. His ability to run the ball, the physicality, the arm strength, being able to push it down the field. And even though he's not as flashy as Cam, his players absolutely gravitate to him. When you look at the teammates after touchdowns, they know where number 11 is. This guy has been everything and more in terms of what we thought he would be coming into the league. He's terrific. The Philadelphia Eagles have a great one. They'll continue to build around him. And they're going to be in contention consistently as long as he's under center. All right, that's our midseason awards. Now, again, a lot can change. These names will change. Some of them, maybe all of them, by the time we get. I mean, to Alex Smith will win the award at the end of the at the end of it. Alex Smith will be right there. I don't know, man. Come on, man. Tyreek Hill, sixteen hey, and oh, hey, Tyreek, once you thirty-two and oh, you have to give it to him. 30. He has thirty-two touchdowns doing no so He has to get it. I, and they're throwing the ball. Come on, DJ, go on record. Go on record. If he has 32 touchdowns and no picks, he will win the MVP. Okay. I'm on record. I'm with there you on go. that. I'll take that. All right, let's get to the game of the week. Your Chiefs, Alex Smith, going to My Chiefs. the Dallas Cowboys. This is 6-2 and two Chiefs, 4-3 and three Cowboys. Let's just talk keys to the game here. Uh, how about the Chiefs, the key to them? Now, I don't know if you're – I'm from North Carolina, so, like, around they have a, me. They have a, they have a football team there. They have farms. College team there? They have farms. Oh, yeah, I don't NC know about State. football team. That's right. They have farms. State. Duke's and, not bad either. Well, State is in my hometown, and I don't like it, but it's a big agriculture and, and okay. school. So they like to deal with the pigs. So the key for the Kansas City Chiefs, they got to feed the pigs. And when I look oh. at the pigs, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, feed the playmakers. The Kansas City Chiefs roll when they get the ball to their playmakers. Spread offense that is built on misdirection and all kinds of trickery. You guys have gadgetry. Have pigs down there? Oh, we got some pigs. We got some hogs. Yeah. We got some hogs. You got to get some of their barbecue. But the Kansas City Chiefs also are known for their barbecue. It's a little different in North Ooh, Carolina. North Carolina, Kansas. That should be the – I'm sure Damashek's talking about that. Oh, uh, North Carolina barbecue. Damashek has brought that up. It exceeds, yeah, yeah, it exceeds <laughs> what they have in Kansas City. But I like Kansas City barbecue, and they barbecue people when they get the ball to their pigs. Look for them to feed the hogs, the pigs, all those guys. Kelsey, Hunt, Hill, if they touch the ball, they are going to make life difficult for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just hungry now. I don't even know if I want to make my point. I mean, I know you always like barbecue. food, so. It's a little early. That. It's a little early in the morning. Maybe some bacon, huh? Uh, a little swine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm going to say the key to the game for the Kansas City Chiefs defensively, their front seven, uh, going up against the Dallas Cowboy rushing attack. I don't, I don't care who is running the football for the Dallas Cowboys. Best offensive line in the NFL. I don't know what the numbers and st- throw all that stuff out. This is the most physical, and they can be the most dominant offensive line in the NFL, and the Chiefs. I like what they've got up front, Bucky, and how hard they're playing. They need to be at their best in this one. You've got to put this on Dak Prescott's shoulders, eliminate the running game. Yeah, you have to eliminate the running game. You have to make this about Dak Prescott and what Dak's Pre- Dak Prescott can do from the pocket. And I know he has played terrific, uh, what, 15 games with a passer rating over 122 starts. They continue to find a way to get it done. However, when I look at this game for Dallas, it continues to be about the run game. The Dallas Cowboys are a team that the winning recipe for them requires a lot of run, a lot of touches by the running back. Whoever's that running back, we've seen it before when they've had Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris or Zeke Elliott. When they run the football effectively, they are a better team on offense because it allows them to play keep away and keep their defense off the field. More importantly, it allows Dak Prescott to be able to play off play action. He's very comfortable with the play action passing game. Yes, you'll see him go empty and spread it around. But their run game sets the table for so much of what they do offensively and as a team. They need to make sure that that number one offensive line 
blows holes to create opportunities for them to run the ball successful. This is how we're kind of sharing a brain here a little bit because I'm talking about this Chiefs defense needs to be able to control this Dallas Cowboy offensive line. You're saying the key for the Cowboys is to be able to win that matchup. So I think we've identified the trenches as being huge in this game. When I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys, I talk about the ball being in Dak Prescott's hands if you're the Chiefs. Dak has to keep a clean sheet. He doesn't need to be dynamic or explosive. I don't know, is it a hockey term or a soccer term? But I <laughs> clean sheet. No turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. He's been really, really good about protecting the football throughout his young career. He needs to keep that rolling against the Kansas City Chiefs because we know the Chiefs aren't going to turn it over. You can't give them extra possessions. So a nice clean game from Dak Prescott will be key for the Cowboys. I mean, it'd be critical, and more pressure could be on him. Like we talked about the Ezekiel Elliott situation, if he's available or not, Dak Prescott has to make sure he takes care of the ball. And he has to find 88. 88 has to be a factor on the outside. We will see if he can uncover against Marcus Peters. The main thing, and thinking about Marcus Peters and some of the other guys that they have in that back end, Dak Prescott cannot hang that ball up. Those guys are ball hawks in the back end, particularly Marcus Peters with 17 picks in his career. Dak Prescott needs a clean sheet, as you talk about. You know who has two thumbs and love Marcus Peters coming into the draft? Uh-oh. That guy right over there. That's right. Uh, who's winning this one? I'm going to go to Kansas City Chiefs. I think Kansas City is good. I think they're really, really kind of trying to hone in and make sure that they're in the right position to win the AFC West. Kansas City gets this one. I think the Chiefs win as well, and the Eagles darn near wrapping up the NFC East at this point in time. They may have a parade yeah, no Philadelphia. Kidding. They're going to be in great shape. All right, for more picks, you can check out the NFL Pick'em Show, which we're a part of, as well as all the other podcasts. That's going to be Saturdays, 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 11 p.m., and Sunday, 6 a.m., all those times are Eastern. You can see us go through and pick the games. Who, who are all the other podcasts again, Buck, who we got here? Who we got the DDFP, the Dave Damashek football program around the NFL, and then you have Game Theory and Money. I like that name, Game Theory and Money. That goes. Yeah, no, they, they do a great job. I've heard Cynthia has just been crushing it. She's been killing it? On her picks, yeah. She's been all over it. So check out Game Theory and Money if you haven't seen that new podcast, Cynthia Freeland and Matt Money Smith. Uh, it is a good one. All right, Buck, it's uh, it's time now to push past the expected presented by Visa. Let's talk some guys who need to really step their game up in week nine. I mean, let's do it. We talk about the quarterback and how important the quarterback is when it comes to winning games. Jameis Winston for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has to step up. And I know Jameis is dealing with the injury, an uh, injury to his throwing shoulder. Not quite the same. But this week he finally was able to practice. He's going to practice the full week. That should allow him to be better. He needs to connect. This is an offense that we thought was going to be explosive. Deshaun Jackson coming over to team with Mike Evans, the weapons that they have at the tight end, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. I expected this team to light up the scoreboard. They haven't done it yet, and I think some of that has been a little bit of Jameis being up and down, even though the numbers don't necessarily reflect that. I need Jameis to play like an MVP candidate because if the Bucs are going to get back in the race, it will be because Jameis leads them there. Yeah, I'm with you. This has been a disappointment to me, this football team. They need to find a way to generate some pressure up front with their defensive line. As well. Oh, we'll get to that. They're terrible. Uh, not good. All right. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Somebody needs to step up. And Matt hasn't played terrible. He's been solid. But you remember Karate Kid, the movie? This I, is where I, I wish did. we could have drops because I would just throw one in here right now. Mr. But, Miyagi? No, I'm just thinking of the guy, the head of the Cobra Kais, uh, the sensei, who mm. yelling, finish him from the sideline uh, right off the mat there, finish him. They need to finish a drive for the Atlanta finish. Falcons. Move it up and down the field. Can they finish, please? Put him in a body bag. Oh, uh, yeah, totally different line, but very good from that movie. Nicely done, that's, Sully. That's nice. Uh, yeah, no, they got to find a way to finish, and Matt Ryan's got to find a way to get that done. they got to find a way to get it done. I think the easiest way to get it done, find number 11, throw the ball to number 11 in the red zone. Number 11 doesn't get enough targets in the red zone. I think that should be the recipe. All Steve Sarkeesian has to do, treat it like his Madden 18. Find 18, make him your creative player. 
Give him the ball. My two favorite things from Karate Kid, by the way, the the Cobra Kai that liked to roll his neck. Uh-huh. That was an all-time. By the way, Cobra Kai are actually the good people. Have you seen that? That theory? Conspiracy theory? No. no. They're the good people. Don't take us down that rabbit hole. Yep. Nope. Silly. That is a rabbit hole. I like Look the guy that did the neck roll thing. Uh-huh. For, uh, had the curly blonde hair. That okay. that dude was great. And I also liked, I swear the guy would have won the real, if they had a real competition, the guy was doing the spinning kicks. There's no way. There's no way Johnny beats him. There's no way Daniel beats him. <laughs> no, zero chance. You know, Daniel's you know, a bully. You know, that guy was doing like spinning kicks. It was unbelievable. Daniel's a bully. It's funny, Mr. Miyagi. Daniel was like 45 years old in that movie. That's um, okay. All right, no, what's another? Give me another one here. Who else needs to step up? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. The Washington Redskins season is teetering on the brink. I'm going to give him take it up a notch. And I know it hasn't been fair. His people on the outside haven't necessarily stepped up and played. To the level, he's been leaning on the running backs and the tight ends to make all the plays in the passing game. Someone on the outside, Terrell Pryor, Josh Dawson, one of those guys has to step up. But Kirk Cousins is going to have to be maybe a little feisty, a little fiery. Talk to those guys a little bit. He's going to have to inspire them. I'm going to need Kirk Cousins from here on out. He's going to have to really churn out those 300-yard games because Washington Redskins' offense is better when he's able to put up three bills or more in the passing game. Yeah, Kirk, by the way, in the – in the basement, had to go, man, I guess I'll take that 49er stuff. And yeah. Away. That's not going to yeah. happen. Oh, so much for that. Just uh, had the kiddo, probably had the onesie. Well, the Jags aren't bad, though. Yeah, Jags yeah, yeah, I like Florida. Yeah. You like Florida? I like hey, Florida. Jets got a lot of money. <laughs> There's still a lot of options out there for Kirk. Uh, to me, the last person I have to step up, we've been going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's go running back. I want to put pressure on a rookie, but I, I expected a little more from Joe Mixon here for the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to see him step his game up a little bit. Talk about skill sets. Make a case he was the most talented back in last year's draft class. Now, we've seen Kareem Hunt lead the league in rushing. We saw Dalvin Cook, who was ripping it up. We've seen some other guys make some things happen. I want to see him take his game to another level. I know it's a challenge in the backfield. they got a lot of rotation going on there. But I know Joe Mixon has more in him than what we've seen. Oh, He has more juice. He has more in him. He should be the feature back. This is a guy that has it all. He's a triple threat. He's a big running back that can run inside, outside, can catch the ball in the backfield, need him to – be more productive in terms of being able to put the ball in the paint. They got to give him opportunities. We'll see if it starts this weekend. Yeah, we will see. All right, that was a lot of fun there, Buck. That was uh, push past the expected presented by Visa. All right, now let's uh, let's look ahead here. We've been talking about NFL games. We're going to get to the college stuff here in just a little bit. Let's kind of find that middle ground, which is the NFL draft. I thought we we just go back and look at the top ten. I think we have a board here. We can show you what it would look like if the season ended today. I'm not taking into account all the tiebreakers, but this is what we have. NFL.com. It would be Niners one, Browns two, Giants three, Colts four, Bucks five, Raiders six, Jets seven, the Los Angeles Chargers eight, Bears nine, and Redskins ten. So here's what I wanted to do here, Buck. We're not going to throw players. We don't know who's in the draft. We don't have any idea what that's going to look like. But we do know who these teams are right now in a direction, maybe a position or a need that they have that they could be going. So why don't we just rip through 1 through 10 here. Why don't you start us off with the Niners at number 1 and and maybe a big need for them they could address. Well, they got Jimmy Garoppolo, so that should take them out the quarterback mix. And really it allows them to go with best player available. I think they need an offensive playmaker. They need a weapon, someone that can change the game, be it at running back, be it at wide receiver. They need someone that can put the ball in the paint. And when you look at this team – I like Carlos Hyde. I like some of the things that he's able to do. I like some of the other players that have been able to mix in at running back. But they need someone that can help them have an identity. Much like the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to go and get a guy like a Leonard Fournette that can give them an identity as a physical run squad, the San Francisco 49ers need someone that can make a play. And I think there may be some running backs available that can certainly change 
the fortunes of the franchise. Well, you know the rules are We're not going to talk about underclassmen and who might come out. But unrelated to that, two questions for you. Uh, in the movie Jerry Maguire, um, what did Rod Tidwell refer to money as? Uh, I can't remember. Anybody behind the glass remember? I can't remember. He called it the Quan, I believe. The Quan. The Hit Quan. the Quan. Totally unrelated Yeah, the question. dance? Hit yeah. the Quan. Yeah. Quan. Okay, okay, so that was first Quan. Okay, that was the first question. Okay. Second question. One of my favorite basketball players, he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. He was a like 6'5 power forward, was awesome. Now he does TV for TNT. Oh, okay. uh, Charles Sutton. Oh, okay, what his, okay. What was his last okay, name? Okay, so we're, we can play a little game. What we can was play a little game. Barkley. Oh, yeah, Barkley. So we should hit the Quan with Barkley, and we may be uh, in the right. I'm not saying I didn't say in the right. Nope. I'm talking about a college player. You're talking about a college player. You said maybe they need a running back, though. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe. A All playmaker. Right, we'll leave that there. All Here right, we go. I'll number two, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm going to go quarterback. I mean, same thing for them since 1999. Uh, Got to get it solved. It no, no, it's too high because right now they're sitting number two. You know they don't like to pick quarterbacks this high. They have to. With all the grief that they've got, this how many is more the quarterbacks year. can they add? They keep they keep they adding them every draft. What they've done every draft they've Kicking added. Kicking this can down the road though, not with a high pick. They look. He was what their fourth pick last year, Kaiser. Yeah, they got a million picks. Cody Kessler, do you? You can make three. a case they should probably take a couple of them. Put, do, do the Redskins thing. Take one in the first. Come back. Take one in the third. Or take fourth. two. Go, yeah. Double up. Keep going. You're not going to be relevant until they get that position solved. I I was on board with saying, okay, hey, let's try and get some infrastructure infrastructure built here before we drop in the quarterback but now's the time you need to find one and i think this draft will have some good ones has to be a quarterback mm, i guess it just depends on what those quarterbacks do when they look at the board you know those quarterbacks have to make a decision on it's the lottery yep. i don't know do i want to go to cleveland do i look good in orange do i look good in orange well how about the giants buck number three? Oh, i think the giants are a team that also needs a quarterback when i look at eli manning you know he's nearing the end He's nearing the end. And that light at the end of the tunnel is a train. And so I think they need to find someone that can be a young <laughs> franchise quarterback, someone that can really take the baton from Eli and lead them back to the promised land. I think a quarterback is one of the top priorities for the New York Giants. Yeah, I think a, a quarterback would, would make some sense. Um, by the way, I was trying to think about this. Where did uh – where Troy Aikman go to college? Ooh, you know what? That would be a nice spot. That was a nice spot. You know, because they have nice gold helmets. Yeah. They have, like, the powder blue uniform. What was the name of that school again? Uh, UCLA. Yeah, what? Aikman, what position did he play there? You know, he was a quarterback. Was he? Oh, interesting. You know? Did not know that. There's some quarterbacks there. Yeah, it's un- unrelated, unrelated. Unrelated. Let's uh, let's go to the Colts here, picking number four. A lot of areas. This is not a good football team. It's not a good roster. Could go in a lot of different areas. You know what, DJ? I, uh, this, this is a pick that I just got word. I think it's a buy one, get one free. I think we may give you two picks. Really? We may give you two, may give you a bonus pick. They are so bad, they need multiple I a, picks. I, I get a lucky Yeah, answer. it's coupon day. Yeah. It's like coupon day at the grocery store. I could, They could use an extra pick. Double coupon I day. I think they're going to get one. Uh, I'm going to say edge rusher for this team. You go in a lot of different directions. Edge rusher, though, is something that they really haven't had a dominant guy since you look at the departure of, of Robert Mathis. <laughs> Mathis and White Freeney. Freeney that, that, they need to get back to those days. So finding a big-time edge rusher, man, that would be huge for this team. Yeah, it would be huge. They need to get back to being able to get some stops. You know, and a lot of it is predicated on number 12 coming back. If Andrew Luck is able to come back. And is he ever coming back? I mean, I don't know. This is a significant injury. I think it's time that they have to investigate that. That's a bigger question. But let's say he comes back and he plays to the level that he's played at. Say that offense gets on track. The big thing when the Indianapolis Colts were at their best, their defense was a team that played downhill, meaning they played with a lead. They were able to really throw those fastball pitches off the edge. 
They don't have anybody. They have knuckleballers off the edge. They need someone that can get to get on to the quarterback. All right, let's go to number five here. Tampa picking fifth. I mean, it, I mean, same I think thing? I think it's the same story. The Bucks seven sacks this season. They only have seven sacks in 2017. I don't that's know much. Half, that's a half for the Jags. Man, I mean, come on. Like the Jags have 32, 33 sacks. They have seven. I know they had Norris Spence, and they drafted him. A couple years ago, they need to find someone that can be a dominant playmaker off the edge, someone that can get home, someone that can hunt. In that division, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, you got to be able to knock those guys off the grass. You know, you got to knock them off the spot. They don't have anybody outside of Gerald McCoy that can consistently do that. They need to find a pass rusher. All right, let's move to number six here with the Raiders. And when I look at the need for this football team, I think linebacker. Having some linebackers that can run and cover and can be difference makers, that can be blitzers and just create some splash plays for this defense – they need a little. They need a little spice here to this group, and you can make a case. Okay, they've they've tried to address the secondary the last couple drafts. I think that second level of the defense. You look at the great defenses in history. Have somebody to patrol in the middle there, middle linebacker that can be a dominant football player, a game changer. That'd be a big, 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 big need here for this football team. You know, I feel like Khalil Mack is at an indoor play space and he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> I feel like he needs a playmate. I feel like he needs a playmate, someone that he can play with, someone that can help him do something off the edge. Because right now, he's a one-man show. They need someone on their front line, a linebacker that can rush the passer, that can also be a stopper against the run. Someone has to help him out. I know they brought over Navarro Bowman. They need more people. Need more people. That teeter-totter is not so fun by yourself. No, it's not because he just stays down. Doesn't really work. Stays down. No good. All right, let's go to the next team here. Uh, The New York Jets. Jets picking seven. Look, I love Josh McCown and what he's been able to do. He's 38 years old. He has played. He's exceeded all expectations. Almost every game. I think this is a nice swan song. But they need to find a quarterback. When I look at Hackenberg and Bryce Petty and what those guys were doing in the preseason, I'm just not confident that either one of those guys is going to emerge as a viable option at quarterback. Let's see if we can find an answer. The next coming, the next generation at that position at quarterback, see if we can find someone for Gang Green. They need a young franchise quarterback to build around. All right, Chargers picking eight. F- feel like the offensive tackle has been a need for them for a long time. Forever. Last year they went and got two offensive linemen, really both interior guys. The Forrest Lamp unfortunately hurt in training camp. Dan Feeney played well the other day at guard. Now you got those two young guys. You could add a stud young left tackle to kind of grow up together. This offensive line could be one of the better offensive lines in the league in short order. Absolutely. They need to find someone on the outside that can protect Phillip Rivers that also has the ability to help them run the football. If they're able to shore up that offensive line, you think about the capital that they've committed. Last year they had two picks that they committed to those interior positions. Now if they can find an offensive tackle, I think they're on their way. All right, the Bears, Buck, this one's obvious. Oh, that's obvious. They need to help their quarterback with more weapons on the outside. They need a wide receiver. I know a couple years ago they went and got Kevin White. We thought Kevin White was going to solve some of those woes. He has not been able to get on the field. At some point you have to move on. Mitch Trubisky is the future. Well, the future needs someone that can help him. He needs someone on the outside that can make plays. They need a pass catcher and a playmaker. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Got to have somebody on the outside there. I like that offensive line. I think they've got the quarterback that they like. Got some tight ends, need some wide receivers. Washington Redskins, I think we stay at that receiver position. Josh Doxson experiment hasn't really worked out. We saw the guys that left last year in Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Terrell Pryor still play for the Redskins? I mean, he's somewhere out there. He I think dresses he's on the out, roster. He dresses out and he goes to practice, but on game day he is right. MIA. Yeah, he's all about getting the ball to the backs and the tight ends. 
in this offense need a big play guy on the outside. I like Crowder and what he brings to the table. He's a nice compliment. I love him as, as, as the slide. He should be your number three, but they need to find a number one and a number two, someone that can really occupy those positions on the outside. Kirk Cousins has been able to do it with smoke and mirrors thus far this season, running backs and tight ends. They need a playmaker, someone that people are scared of. Talk, NFL Draft 2018, I, that is easily the first full chunk that we've allotted on the show to the 2018 draft. And, Bucky, whew, felt good. Yeah, it felt good to talk about it. Well, Bucky, I'll tell you what. One of the cool things NFL.com is doing this year, every week featuring a different player, and it's kind of our back-to-campus series that we've been doing, following some of the, the best stories in college football. This week, it's a fascinating one. NFL.com slash Calvin Ridley is where you can go, and you can learn all about Alabama star wide receiver Calvin Ridley, and we're stoked to have him joining us here on the show right now. Calvin, first of all, thank you so much for, for joining us. This week, LSU week. Let's start there real quick, and then we're going to get into your story. But how has this week of practice been for you guys as you prepare for one of your rivals? Uh, we're actually having a great week of practice. You know, everybody's tuned in and locked in, so we're looking forward to Saturday, and, you know, we're going to give it our best. You know, Calvin, this has been quite a journey for you, having the opportunity to be around you this summer at the opening Uh really revealed a lot about your preparation in terms of getting ready to not only be a dominant player at the collegiate level, but as a pro. What are some of the things that you've learned during your time at Alabama that will help you at the next level and beyond? I mean, just the way we practice, you know, how to come out with the, you know, the right mentality every day to give it your best effort, you know, to get better. So I feel like, you know, with me learning that every day in practice and I could just go into the game and be me being around a bunch of great players who come out and practice hard every day, you know, it just helps to be a pro, you know, you know, come out and with a great attitude every day to get better. What is the standard inside that that receiver room, by the way? All the receivers have come through Alabama over the last decade. You get into the Julio Joneses, you were there with Amari Cooper, and you're kind of next in line. Is there is it explained to you? I go through the recruiting process, but once you step on campus and you get in that wide receiver room, is there like, hey, this is this is how we do things here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we obviously had great wide receivers here. I mean, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, but – you know, with those guys been playing here, I feel like, you know, we have to play to a standard. There's a standard here to play to, you know, is to go out there and be physical, you know, make explosive catches and make big plays. So I feel like, you know, we our receiver coach, Coach Locks, you know, he expects us to, you know, go out there and play good, you know, play how you practice. So I feel like he feel like all the guys in that room should be able to go out there and make big plays. You know, you talk about Coach Locks, but I want to kind of hone in on Coach Saban. Coach Saban has done a great job of helping guys get to the next level. When you were making that decision coming out of high school, uh, did you believe that going and playing under a coach like that would help you kind of maximize who you were as a player? Of course. I mean, I really wasn't thinking of NFL coming out of high school, coming into college, but I was just thinking, like, just I want to come to Alabama to win games. You know, obviously we do that. And I just came here to, you know, be better as a man and as a player. And, I, and you know, thank God that, you know, I'm putting myself in a position, you know, to be able to go to the NFL and, you know, do good things and people noticing it. You know, so so much of what is going on now in college is about the, the Final Four and going to the playoffs. And I know Coach Saban said that he doesn't pay attention to the rankings. But as a player, do you guys pay attention to when the top four comes out and you guys aren't ranked number one? Does that bother you at all, or are you just kind of focus on the next game? I mean, I try not to let it bother me. I was in a hot tub when it came out. I was actually kind of <laughs> watching it. But, you know, I mean – it's good to be in the top four. I'm not, you know, too mad about not being number one, but it kind of makes you feel a little salty <laughs> when you, 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 I mean, I thought I thought we were going to be number one, but, you know, it doesn't really bother me. As long as we're in it some way, I mean, you got to you got to play and you got to win at the end of the day. So it doesn't bother me too much. 
Well, look, every day in practice, you have an opportunity to go against some great defensive backs. And one of the guys that obviously there's a lot of attention on is Minka Fitzpatrick. What are those battles like on a daily basis when you face off against Minka? I mean, they go back and forth. I mean, Minka's a great DB. I mean, he, he that's one person I know who comes to practice and he's going to give you his all every day. I mean, I'm going to give him my all day. So, you know, when we come out there, we, we come out to get better. And that, that shows up in the game. I, I need I, – this is the biggest question you're going to have to answer. It's a challenging one, but – you got to give me one Lane Kiffin story. I mean, I've heard so many different Lane Kiffin stories from his time rolling through. One of the ones I read about in the article, in your article on NFL.com, again, NFL.com slash Calvin Ridley, you can find it, was that when the defense would start chirping a little bit against uh, against Lane, you guys can't get a first down against us in practice, he just puts you in and go deep and, and, throw, <laughs> and throw vertical. So, a, a, is there yeah. truth to that story? And B, is there another Lane Kiffin story you can share with us? I mean, but that is true. I mean, the defense, I mean, we compete so against each other so much. I mean, sometimes they're getting the best of us that day, and sometimes we're getting them. So, you know, Kiffin did do things like that. But um, if I can think, I mean, there's a lot, but I really just can't remember right he, now. He well, just, let me, let me ask you this. Let Kiffin me... real laid back, funny, and a great guy. So. I want to, we'll get to Coach Dayball here in a second, but when you guys are watching film, and I know because we studied all 22. We're both former scouts, so when we're getting ready for the, for the draft process. We're watching all 22. And you see him throw his hands up for a touchdown before the ball was released. When you're in the film room as, a, as an offense or as in your receiving room, you guys laugh at that, that he's throwing the hands up before the, uh, before the ball was even released? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we practice against the um, scout team, and it pretty much be like the same look in practice. You know, when we get a guy, when we see a guy comes down, we, are, we know what we got. And then even if I'm not in and we call a play, I can pretty much do the same thing because, you know, once you practice it so much and you see it and they're in that perfect coverage, I mean, the play is perfect. So you know it's going to be a touchdown. So I can even do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, we had talked in the in the offseason, we talked about Kerry Colbert being very, very influential in terms of helping you, showing you some things or whatever. So obviously I know that you pay close attention to the NFL game. When you look at the NFL game, are there any – receivers that you maybe pattern yourself after or you look at to try and steal some tips and clues uh i definitely steal tips um i mean moves and you know all type of stuff from amara cooper antonio brown and emmanuel sands i i mean i really like those three receivers i mean those guys you know they got a lot of good body language you know strong hands and fast and their route running is uh you know awesome so i really you know i like those three guys I really feel like I can model my game after them, and you know they make really explosive plays, and that's what I'm trying to do for my team, and whoever, and wherever I go, wherever it's, I'm at. It's funny when I when I studied your game, and I've studied. Like oh yeah, nothing wrong with AB. Yeah, when I've studied your game, you, you kind of reminded me of a guy that is no longer playing, but is kind of from South Florida, lives in South Florida now, Reggie Wayne yeah. from Indianapolis. Reggie. And I actually talked to Reggie about that. Um, I think it's just something about the way you run routes, how smooth and fluid and natural it looks, that it just reminds me of how Reggie played for years and years with the Colts. Have you seen Reggie play at all? Do, do you, can you see some of those similarities at all? Yeah, I can see it. I, you know, I watched the highlights and I watched a little bit of the game, and I definitely can see it. You know, he obviously was a, a great route receiver. And you know, for me, for for you to say you know, I'm out of my game, like I I look like him is you know is great. Another, He's a great receiver, and I just want to you know do great things myself. I'll tell you what, another one that when I watch you and study you, Stephon Diggs with the Minnesota Vikings, I, I see some similarities between you guys. Again, the route running is exceptional, and just that explosiveness that you bring to the table. Um, have you seen any of Stephon Diggs? And, and let me before I get to that, 
we talk about everything you've done well. It, it, when you self-evaluate, Calvin, what's what's the one area you look at and say, okay, man, I can do this a little bit better? Uh, definitely all phases of my game, but definitely I just want to be more more aggressive with my sticks. You know, at the line of scrimmage, you know, just to get uh, get a lot more separation going, and the top of my routes, just you know, to snap them off better, and my hands, definitely with my hands, just you know, to catch better. And just, you know, make sure I'm, I'm grabbing the ball and I'm, you know, make sure it's secured and I'm getting back upfield. You know, well, Kevin, one of the things that we do here is we, we do a thing called the three H's. So we're going to ask you, what is your greatest highlight? What is your greatest hardship? And who is your hero? So when you think about your career at Alabama and even before then, what has been the greatest highlight of your football playing career? Uh, definitely we won that championship. You know, that was, that was the first time I won anything in, in the sport, really. So that was one of the greatest feelings. You know, we worked so hard that whole year, you know, to finish in a great way. You know, that's that's awesome. How about your greatest hardship, something you've had to overcome, you know, reading about your story and your upbringing? I know you've had some hardship in life. Could be on the field, could be off the field. What's the greatest hardship you've had to overcome? Oh, yeah, definitely when I was in uh, foster care, me and my brothers, I mean, to tell you the truth, it wasn't as bad as it, you know, foster care is not it's not that bad. You know, once you get there, it might be bad. But then, you know, you meet some good people. You get around a lot of people you love. And, you know, it's, it's, it turns out to be fun. So, I mean, that was, you know, one of the toughest times of my life. But, you know, I still have fun. Who is your biggest hero? Uh, I definitely got to see my mom. You know, she's been through a lot. And she's very strong. And she never gave up on nothing. You know, she definitely is my hero. Is your mom, by the way, reading up on her in this article, I had a track background a little bit. Can mom still roll? Mom still got that speed? Uh, a little bit. I'll give it five years ago she did. She still <laughs> run five years ago. She can run fast, too. <laughs> Speaking of running fast, as we're wrapping up here, man, we talked about those rankings, the team that's ahead of you. You got a little connection to that to that squad down there with your, your little bro down there with Georgia. Did you have any conversation with him after those rankings came out? Any 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 uh, lines thrown your way? I did. I did. I called him just to, you know, mess with him because, you know, I like to talk to him about ball and stuff. But I called him and he said, man, he, he, this is exactly what he said. I'm not worried about those rankings. He said, we're just trying to keep winning. And I said, I'm, that's how we feel over here too. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you to keep it up. But I just like to mess with him and see what he was said. But, you know, he, he was positive about it. So it's good. He's got see he's got Kirby Smart's uh, saving guy. Like carbon carbon copies. <laughs> Put those blinders on. Don't don't take that poison. Uh, hey. But no, nah, they're they're doing a great job over there, and I'm really happy for them. Well, I think and we're I all gonna, I think we're all going to see each other because I I think me and Bucky might be planning to go to that SEC championship game. Uh, see the Ridley family down there. Maybe get a chance to say hello to your mother. And the good news is it'll be a Saturday, so Chick Fil A will be open, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> yes it will be uh, hey thank you so much again for joining us here if you haven't please go check it out nfl.com slash calvin ridley uh what a stud hey calvin thank you so much thank you so much thank you what an impressive kid calvin ridley buck you've known him for a little while now and th- just the group of receivers we've had on the show this year it's an impressive group awesome player but even better kid he's a guy that gets it he does things the right way i think he's gonna have outstanding success at the collegiate level and also at the next level when he gets there yeah it'd be a fun player to follow throughout this process all right this used to be my least favorite part of the show but this week i'm gonna just soak it and enjoy it last week's standings from our college picks it was a 10 and one week for me bucky i don't know if it's ever happened before i don't anticipate it'll ever happen again Kent seven and four, Sully six and five. Bucky, you went bold. 
I admire that about you. Four and seven week, and you, you helped me climb out of last place, albeit uh, probably just for one week. <laughs> yeah, it cost me. Now I'm stuck. I'm, I'm mired in the cellar, and I, I, I can do one or two things. I can sit and sulk about it, or I can oh, find know. a way to get better. Get back on I that can, horse. I can, I can be bold. I, I know I submitted some picks pre prior to the show. Maybe. I maybe need to reconsider. Hey, oh, some changes. I'm just saying there. maybe. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Let's see the overall Kent still commanding lead. Uh, there, Sully's second. I'm at third, and Bucky's rounding up the pack. But again, I there's no way I can have a ten and one week again. I'm destined to fall back down. Let's uh, let's go through this week. LSU, Alabama. Speaking with Calvin Ridley, I, is there any discussion here? I mean, it's Alabama. It is Alabama, and they do a good job. This game will always be tight. It'll be a tightly contested for a half game. But I mean, there's some talent there. I'm gonna go Alabama. I don't think this is one where LSU can do it. I just worry about their quarterback play, and I don't think their quarterback play will be up to snuff. LSU won't be able to close the gap on Mighty Bama. Yeah, I like Bama at home in this one. May, potentially big. I think close for a half, and then they pull away. The guys behind the glass are with us on that. Unanimous for Alabama. All right, this is our two-pointer this week. Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, who do you like here, Buck? I'm going with the Pokes. I'm going with Oklahoma State, and I don't really have a strong reason as to why. Both of these teams have been up and down. I know Oklahoma State's defense has played pretty well in spots. They still give up a lot of points, but that's just kind of Big 12 football. I'm going to go with the Pokes. I think the Pokes find a way to win Bedlam at home. I think Baker Mayfield enjoys going on the road, enjoys a hostile environment. We saw what he did against Ohio State. I think this is another poster game for him. I think he's got a chance to get in that Heisman discussion. We've talked about Bryce Love being in there. He gets hurt a little bit. And we see JT Barrett throw his hat in the ring. Saquon Barkley, not a huge rushing week last week. Big kickoff return. I think Baker Mayfield makes a statement in this game and, and vaults right near the top of that Heisman list. I like Oklahoma to win this one. Sully's with me, and Kent is with you. So we're split 2-2 two and two on that. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, the two-point game of the week. Virginia Tech at Miami. Ooh. Uh, Reggie Reggie comes in here every week, and he knows they're winning. Reggie Wayne's excited they're winning. But I sense just being around Reg a little bit, he knows this loss is coming, Buck. Oh, I think he knows it's coming. If it doesn't come this week, it's coming next week. I see Kent throwing up to you. In the glass, but I tell you, the U has been very, very lucky because if they go to the wire with the North Carolina squad that is absolutely awful, doesn't bowl well, I'm going with Vitek in this one. Yeah, we all went Virginia. VPI. Kent. Kent Lone Wolf in his alma mater. Wow. Good for him. Virginia Tech's always played Miami close, too, historically. I I like VPI. Bring VPI. Yeah. Bring lunch, pal, baby. Virginia Let's go, Hokies. That's right. Back in the day. Come on, man. All right. Clemson, NC State. Another good game in the ACC here, Buck. I don't even spend much time on this one. No, we absolutely don't. You already know how I feel about that team in you red. You never will pick NC State. You never, 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 never. Although you're smart not to pick them like Come on. Textile Bowl right here. This is the Textile Bowl. Clemson, North Carolina State. I'm with Clemson. I think Clemson gets back on track to get the quarterback back. It's about time for them to kind of turn it up a notch. If they're going to make that run to go into the playoffs, you need to see them start playing better. I think it starts this week against NC State. All right, let's. Uh, we got to get out of here. Let's go rapid fire through the rest of these. Arizona USC. That's a late night game here in the Pac-12. Big, really for the Pac-12 South is what it looks like. We have uh, Bucky, myself, and Sully going USC. Kent is the lone wolf with Arizona. Penn State, Michigan State, Penn State across the board for everybody. Stanford, Washington State. Bucky, Stanford, me, Stanford, Sully, Stanford. Kent is alone again. Washington State. Kent could pull ahead big this week. Uh, South Carolina, Georgia in the SEC. Georgia across the board. They're rolling. South Carolina is a better football team this year. Not a lot of upsets, huh? Not a lot. Iowa State at West Virginia. That's a sneaky Wow. Everyone going the other way. West Virginia. West Virginia for me and Bucky. West Virginia for Kent. Sully, 
Lone Wolf's it with Iowa State. Come on. Sully. Central Florida SMU. You guys are all Central Florida. Bucky, Sully, and Kent. Not me. I'm going with the next head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies. Oh, no, 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 no. You're close. Oh, yeah. You're close. S-M-U. No cigar. Chad Morris. Oh, Chad Morris going to Texas A&M? He, look, he's a Texas high school coach, right? Who knows the state really well, who's been at Clemson, been around explosive offense, which they want to see there. I get it. Why not? I get it. This is his game. This is his resume. That's cool. I used to like when Texas A&M and Nebraska would get together every now and then. It's kind of like that. Going oh, home yeah, again. A, yeah. It's going home again. Wow. Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Scott Frost, come back home. By the way, we did role play a couple weeks ago for those that listen to the pod, and, and Bucky was a great Tom come Osborne on. trying to convince Scott Frost He's to come coming back. home. I would like to apologize because I erroneously said that Scott Frost would take Tennessee. But you, didn't know, you know Florida would come over? I didn't know Florida was open. You so he's going open. to Florida. He's not going to Nebraska. That's a no-brainer. He has to come back home. Zero chance. Come on. No chance. I'll tell you what, if Scott Frost goes to Nebraska – uh, steak dinner. Steak dinner? Yes. Ooh, I like, Ooh, I like this. You like, I like that? Steak yeah, that ain't happening. I'm going to get them at the combine. Yeah, we'll do it at the combine. We'll get them at the big one. That way can I we got, at least at least I got some per diem I can offer. Can you, like, get a baked potato for us to split behind the glass? Uh, No. At the very least? No, okay. it's not happening. <laughs> uh, all right, that's going to do it for us here today, Bucky. Again, remind the folks how many days a week they can catch us. Three days, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Audio pods on Sunday and Tuesday, Thursday. You can catch us just like you're catching us now on video. And if you're listening to us right now, you can check the video out of this episode, nfl.com slash video. Or NFL now. You also find it at uh, youtube.com slash NFL. All right, that's going to do it for us today. A beefy, chunky episode. Got to a lot. Thanks to Calvin Ridley for joining us. Great to visit with him. This has been Move the Sticks presented by the Ford F Series. Catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.